Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. The T-Biz podcast and blog connect you directly to experts in the tea lands. Listen as their voices reveal the news, innovations, cultural insights, and consumer trends that most impact the industry. Paired with Tea Journey, a digital magazine for tea enthusiasts, the T-Biz portal is a global resource for everyone who loves tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Finlay sells its Kenya tea operations to Sri Lanka-based Browns Investments. Finlay's nine estates spend 10,300 hectares and employ 10,000 workers. Reaction to India's tea price floor proposal is mixed. World Tea Expo rebrands as World Tea. Plus, this year's International Tea Day on May 21st, will be one to remember for tea lovers near Eugene, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Tea Biz travels to Paris this week to visit with Gaurav Gogoi, founder of Etico, an innovative business-to-business platform created to connect wholesale tea suppliers with discerning retailers who want to showcase artisanal teas packed at origin and shipped direct. More in a minute. But first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Finley sells its Kenya tea operations. Finley's announced the sale of its James Finley Kenya Limited Tea Operations to Brown's Investments, PLC. James Finley Kenya will retain the Sousa Tea Extracting Facility Timber Businesses and Services Division, supporting tea, coffee, and botanical ingredients. Brown's Investments is part of LOLC Holdings, one of the largest and most profitable listed corporations in Sri Lanka. Headquartered in Colombo, the company has a heritage in operating tea businesses. Estates include Matarata, Hapogastini, and Udapasalua. It is one of the largest tea-producing companies in Sri Lanka, consisting of 49 individual estates spanning 30,000 hectares. Browns employs more than 10,000 workers. In a press release, Finley said Browns was selected for its strong legacy of guiding its tea estates to continued growth. The acquisition is Brown's first investment in the Kenyan tea industry, which it sees as an exciting opportunity for growth, according to the release. In December 2021, Brown's acquired Finley's Sri Lankan tea estates business, 
which has gone from strength to strength, demonstrating Brown's successful commitment to sustainable growth, according to the release. Browns and Finleys mutually agreed to acknowledge the long-standing support of the local community by selling 15% of the shares in James Finley, Kenya, to a locally owned cooperative. A full plan is under development to ensure a smooth transition with no consumer disruptions. On completion of the sale, Browns intends to continue to run the business as it has been operated until now. The company said there will be no change in the employment arrangements for current employees of James Finley, Kenya. The tea operations include 10,300 hectares, including 5,200 hectares of tea fields over nine gardens. The company produces a wide-ranging portfolio of teas from black CTC and orthodox processed teas, as well as steamed green teas, purple, and white tea. The Tea Act regulating India's tea industry anticipated a minimum price floor for growers and manufacturers. India's cabinet routinely approves minimum prices for sugar, where mills currently pay producers a minimum of 305 rupees, about $3.85 per 100 kilograms. In April 2023, the Indian Tea Association asked for a minimum price floor for tea to offset production declines and low market demand. The proposals, supported by the governments of West Bengal and Assam, received mixed reactions from within the industry, based on comments published online. On LinkedIn, tea veteran Harkarat Sidhu argues that this move would promote mediocrity and encourage overproduction. Quote, this could be suicidal. It would encourage the race to the bottom, he wrote. Price support index to production cost will increase the volume of unsold teas, leading to depressed prices, he explained. Quote, a host of teas will find no home, and the unsold teas in the market will increase, end quote. More farmers will seek to increase volume rather than producing quality tea if the minimum price is fixed, he said. The volume model will become the more preferred model. Botley factory owners say tea makers are selling at unsustainably low prices. Tea estates maintain that the cost of labor, fuel, and inputs exceed return as buyers beeline towards low-priced tea. World Tea Conference Plus Expo rebrands as World Tea. Tim McLucas, Vice President of Questex Bar and Restaurant Group, organizer of World Tea Expo and the World Tea News, said, quote, We're giving World Tea an infusion of fresh ideas for the new era of tea. It's an exciting time in the North American tea market. The tea industry is evolving, and so are we, end quote. McLucas said the tea industry is attracting new consumers and younger a generation of tea drinkers who are embracing all things tea, from traditional to the untraditional. The trade show and newsletter are taking a modern approach that features bright, bold colors and a design that reflects how the industry is progressing. Think Boba Bubble Tea, Matcha Innovations, Premium Ready to Drink RTD Teas, Hard and Sparkling Teas, Herbal and Functional Wellness Teas, Inspired tea blends, access to more specialty teas from smallholder farms, better quality tea at restaurants, new tea on the grocery shelf, tea cocktails and mocktails, new recipes and infusions, kombucha tea, cutting-edge teaware, and equipment. <laughs> <laughs> 
and more. The Expo embraces every aspect and corner of the industry, from leaf to cup, and even can, bottle, or cocktail glass, as well as cutting-edge trends and products, showcasing the fresh new approach as it continues to support the global industry's key vertical market buyers, said McLucas. Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on tea auction prices for sales 17. India tea price report for sales 17 for the week ending 29th April 2023. The Ministry of Agriculture and Farmers Welfare has created two expert teams to study the damage caused by the tea mosquito bug, Helopeltis. Planters say there's been a significant drop in production because of this infestation and the use of pesticides only increased the cost of production. And last week, the Central Insecticide Board and Registration Committee had approved the use of dimethoate to combat pest attacks. And several planters had expressed concern about the use of this banned pesticide. In auctions, last, uh, in, auctions in sales 17, Gohati saw fair demand for teas, but prices were lower than last week. They were also lower compared to the same sale week last year. Among buyers, North and West India were most active. In Kolkata, there was good demand for orthodox grades with a 74% sale volume, and Darjeeling sold better than last week. In South India, demand was subdued. The reason cited is that buyers are awaiting the second flush that will arrive in auction soon. Sales 17 saw 958,000 kilos with a sale volume of 89%, and dust grades did very well with a 97% sale volume of the nearly 350,000 kilos. In all, the first quarter of the year has reportedly seen a reduction of 7 million kilos in production. It's down to 40 million kilos compared to the same period a year ago. And this is in South India. In crop and weather, rainfall continues. There's light to moderate rainfall with thunder and strong surface winds predicted for Darjeeling and parts of North Bengal. Rain, scattered thunderstorms, even heavy rainfall is expected in parts of Assam, Arunachal Pradesh and Meghalaya. Light to moderate rain is likely in the Nilgiris, where the temperature has dropped. Kangra is also seeing lightning and thunderstorm. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nish. I grew up in an organic tea farm and I founded Nepal Tea Collective in 2016. Tea is not just a beverage for me, but a catalyst for social change sustainably empowering hardworking artisans like my parents for the past 30 years. I'm on a mission to make the whole world aware of the goodness of Nepali teas and the good that comes from supporting growers in this remarkable land. If you haven't tasted Nepali teas yet, you're missing out. Our award-winning teas are making headlines. Find out why. Visit Nepal Tea Collective's website to get a free sample of this extraordinary taste of the Himalayas. That's nepalteacollective.com. Or just send me an email at nish, N-I-S-H, at nepalteacollective.com. Cheers. International Tea Day on May 21st will be one to remember for tea lovers near Eugene, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Inspired by other festivals in the region, 
like the Northwest Tea Festival and the Portland Tea Festival, Madeline Au founded the event to bring the awe and wonder of tea to the community. Madeline's here to chat with TeaBiz on what it's like to organize her first tea festival. Now, planning a tea festival from scratch is a major undertaking, but thankfully there are great examples all over the world. Madeline, where did you draw inspiration for your inaugural Eugene Tea Festival? I was inspired by the Northwest Tea Festival, which I attended for the first time in 2017. And I was really blown away by how much diversity there is in the tea world and the magic of tea. And from there, I started looking for as many tea opportunities as I could. I ended up volunteering for the Portland Tea Festival as the volunteer coordinator. And that was really what cemented my love for tea festivals. So when I moved to Eugene, Oregon, and I realized that there was no festival there and there was also not as strong of a tea community, I was really motivated to start the tea festival. And I had encouragement from local businesses. And that was the start of it all. The festival will have tea tastings, a marketplace, and educational workshops. Are the vendors and educators attending from around Eugene or beyond? So we do have a diversity of vendors coming from different locations. The furthest one coming from New York. It is mostly local vendors, and I am wanting to really highlight folks that are in the Eugene area because I think we've got a lot of amazing local businesses. But we do have different vendors from Washington, California, and a couple other places. It sounds like your circle of tea acquaintances is expanding rapidly. Any tips for our listeners on how to attract sponsors and vendors when you're holding a brand new event like this one? I am lucky that I work in the tea industry and a lot of our sponsors are people that I've worked with in different capacities. Honestly, just reaching out is the best thing that you can do. Calling, emailing, putting together a pitch, and not being afraid to just put yourself out there. Can you tell us about the workshops that are going to take place at the festival? Are they for tea professionals, tea enthusiasts, or both? We do have a mix of educational workshops. It really does range from T101, which is really for the public, for people who are not as familiar with tea, to tea bag manufacturing, which is 100% a mostly for professionals workshop that we have. But I'm excited and I hope that the general public also attends those types of workshops so that they can learn a little bit more about the industry because it is really fascinating. How did you select those topics? I reached out to different people that I have connections with in the tea industry, and I I let them select their own topics because I wanted them to speak and to give workshops that were from their place of expertise. So I I did ask some of the vendors to do T101 workshops because I think that that's a really important workshop to have. Um, But we do have a diversity So some examples of the workshops that we have are Tea Time for Your Grief, Tea as Art, Tea as Medicine, and Tea as Culture, a 5,000-year history, 
and the origins of Nepali teas. Can you say a little bit more about the workshop on tea and grief? So this is a topic that is being led by my friend who owns her own business, Melissa Olven. Olven Coaching, and she's been doing a lot of research and work on basically death planning. It is an intra-level workshop, and it's going to talk about the adoption teas and tips for establishing a tea ritual for times of grief and bereavement. So it's essentially using tea as a vehicle for processing grief, which I think is really beautiful. I can personally attest to tea being something that has allowed me to find healing as well. So, What do you hope festival attendees take away from the event? I hope that people who attend the festival are inspired to connect with other people, to build community, to be a part of community, and that they feel a general sense of awe and wonder. Um, because I think that that's what tea festivals are really capable of inspiring. And also that people learn about tea and that they learn about the history of tea and different cultural practices. We're going to have a variety of tea ceremonies happening in the marketplace. I hope that everyone gets a chance to participate in a tea ceremony because there's a lot to learn from it. It sounds like Madeline and her team have put together a fascinating lineup for this International Tea Day. One that's sure to inspire awe and wonder. Find out more about the inaugural Eugene Tea Festival at eugeneteafest.org. T-Biz travels to Paris this week to visit with Guarav Goagoy, founder of Etico, an innovative business-to-business platform created to connect wholesale tea suppliers with discerning retailers who want to showcase artisanal tea packed at origin and shipped direct. The unit economics of cross-border trade are expensive and require a lot of effort, beginning with the mastery of import-export regulations, customs clearance policies, and logistics, explains Edical founder Guav Gogoy. Traders send large volumes of tea to minimize expense. Quote, we take care of all of the end-to-end fulfillment, so all regulatory clearances, logistics, shipping operations are simplified for artisan tea makers. So thanks for joining us here at TVIS, uh, Gaurav, and looking forward to this conversation and what your connection with Assam, what you want to do with tea, and coffee, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and what you are creating with Etikol. Am I get, pronouncing it right? Yes, it's Etikol. What does that mean? Etikol came from the word Etikoli. It came from tea, actually. So what you use to produce tea is like one bud and two leaves of the of the tea plant, right? Like the new bud and the two leaves. And then the bud is called Etikoli. It's a very typical Assamese term, etikoli duty part. Did you grow up in Assam and now you're in uh, Berlin? How or do you? How has your journey been? I was born and brought up um, in the region of Golaghat in central Assam. 
if you've ever been to Assam, uh, you would see like the tea growing region. The entire Assam is not full of tea uh, tea plantations. It's from central Assam to towards the eastern part. So and uh, the and then you can see the difference in scenery when you're driving from eastern part to the west uh, or from western part to the eastern part of Assam. That uh, suddenly you will see tea plantations uh, and then entirety of the eastern part is full of tea plantations and that is where uh, i'm from uh, originally so that is where i call home and i was born and brought up there so uh, since my childhood i have been uh, my mom's place uh, bang in the middle of um of a, of a tea plantation village uh, <laughs> essentially since 2014 i have been uh, in europe um, I came to to study uh, in Paris uh, to do my master's in uh, management um, after my engineering studies. I was working in very different uh, industry than tea. Uh, I was first working uh, in a satellite operator, uh, working as uh, as a commercial intelligence uh, analyst. Um, then I worked in um, Zalando and eBay. Uh, I'm responsible for post-transaction experience. So mainly most of my career, it has been in um, in e-commerce. Um, and e-commerce would be mainly the part of post-transactions and expansion of, uh, of e-commerce. So product and project management. And so... That's why Ethical is a B2B e-commerce platform for T because e-commerce is the part where I have the expertise on. And T is something that I just know from my from my background where I grew up. Yeah. Just try to combine both. <laughs> why B2B? What was your uh, you know, what was your uh, thought? Because a lot of people these days are looking, I think post-COVID especially have been uh looking at the B2C. Particularly, like you know, from origin and things like that, and uh, you know, of course, that's a that's a very different uh, beast. But uh, and but you've seen you've seen that side of e-commerce as well. So there must have been some reason for choosing B two B. I would say B two C is a lot easier to do than B two B because B two C you know exactly who your customer is, and then like it's essentially advertising and branding and like you know because good quality you will get it and so. We, I did start thinking. So this, this started also during COVID itself. So I was there in this village called Bolaguri. Uh, that's where my mom is from. And I'm talking to my cousin late one night, like, hey, like, we should do something, you know, like, uh, I've been for so many years outside. I have some, like, some knowledge about, uh, about this thing. Maybe we started D2C brand, you know, what can we get from this place? And the easiest thing to get is very high and good quality tea because we knew some of the people who were making this thing, right? So it did start out as an idea that, okay, maybe we try creating a D2C brand like uh, like almost everyone during COVID was thinking that. Then what happened was when we dug a little deeper and did more research, uh, the idea was I am based out here in Europe for a long time and I understand and I know how uh, expensive good quality tea is as a, as a consumer. 
in SM, I know like, hey, what the price or the cost of the tea is uh, in SM, like the same high quality, high quality tea. And we were thinking that, okay, we create a brand and then we sell it in Europe. Because Indian tea market is like quite, um, let's say, uh, quite competitive and such. Everybody is somehow creating a tea brand. Um, and so what we wanted to do was cross-border. And then when we started digging a little deeper and doing some research, we knew, let's say, one person close to our family who was making this very high-quality tea artisanally making it his house and like i went to drink the tea and check out the tea production process and really impressive very very high quality but then talking to him also i realized that hey yeah. there are a lot of people like him and their problem is also very unique uh they are producing very very small quantities of tea right but very very high quality tea so their tea prices are very, very, their cost is very high, essentially. They will make money. So this guy, he would make money only if his per kg um, price was above 2,000 or above 2,500 rupees. And that has a very, very small market in India. You know, people in India don't want to pay 2,500 rupees per kg uh, because they're used to drinking mass-produced CDC uh, brand of, of, of tea, which is like very, very cheap, you know, 200, 300 bucks you will get uh, for a kg. So then I realized like, okay, passionate artisans, tea artisans like him have, might have a market in, in, in Europe because here the consumers are used to paying a higher price. So then I thought, okay, instead of just helping this guy or instead of just getting tea from him and trying to sell it in Europe, why don't I think about meeting all of his other friends or all of the other small tea producers, you know? So that is how it started. And then why we decided on B2B was, so we had a base, we went and met with all of their organization. We went and met with a, a lot of uh, tea planters, small tea planters, uh, especially the ones who were making high quality tea themselves. What we realized we have to do B2B is because of just the unit economics uh, of cross-border trade. There's a lot of expense and effort required in operations of cross-border trade. You have lots of uh, import-export regulations, customs clearance, logistics is quite expensive. When you are sending over just 500 grams of tea, for example, or somebody is buying just 200 grams of tea, it's very, very expensive uh, to send that. Um, so to make unit economics, you have to send over large volumes uh, of tea. And then the second thing for me was, again, like this is from my e-commerce background, like um, there are already, let's say, brands selling to customers over here, right? Uh, here in Europe, in every market. And Europe is not a, it's, it's a fragmented market. Let's say Germany, the tea brands are different than France, which is different than Netherlands or what whatnot. So even if there is a it's a it's a let's say european economic area uh it's still a fragmented uh market with every country having their own brands um and then we realize very soon that these brands are more adapted selling to their uh to their own customers so a company like paper and tea or a company like albius etc 
they know their customers much better because they have been doing this business for like, I don't know how long, you know, uh, creating already this brand uh, for themselves. And the customers, the consumers, they are used to buying, they, they trust uh, these companies and they're used to buying tea from, from these companies. So then we realized that, hey, we have to send over in bulk to make, to for the logistics cost to make sense. Um, and these companies like Alvius and importers and brands of tea over here anyways are importing tea from India uh, because they don't produce tea here in Germany. So then why don't we connect them uh, directly uh, to these tea artisans? Because for us, the end goal is these tea artisans should get a marketplace. They should be able to sell their their tea. So this is where the B2B part uh, started developing because we got... We understood, okay, what is their issues? How can we solve uh, this problem? We could tackle a large base of vendors uh, in in a a B2B uh, sort of way. And getting to consumers provided, uh, we can can let the brands and retailers here in Europe uh, do do their thing. So essentially what we wanted to do was connect them directly to the tea producers instead of multiple layers of middlemen that they have today. You want to focus, keep the focus on the artisan, artisanal producers, tea producers, is it? Or is it, do you want to open it out to uh, anybody? And What are your benchmarks? So we do want to open it up uh, to everybody. It's just we started out mm-hmm. uh, with small tea producers, you know, because this is a niche market. Um, and we, if we solve the issues for the smaller producers, we can solve the issues also for the larger producers because smaller producers have more problems in sending over the products, right? Sampling and all of these kind of things. Direct sourcing before didn't work. Uh, a tea, let's say a restaurant or a cafe over here wants to buy tea directly from the producer, but they cannot because the producer doesn't have the necessary paperwork uh and the regulatory clearances to send out the product um or like it's very expensive uh and there's a disparity in like uh, how will a smaller brand over here they cannot always afford to go deep into you know the remote parts of india looking for tea neither can these suppliers from sm go and look for customers so in Europe. So this is what we want to do. That's why a platform, it's a discovery platform. You can connect with each other. Uh, we take care of all end-to-end fulfillment. So all regulatory clearances, logistics, shipping, operations, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And essentially also help out ah, another thing. So uh merchandising. The manufacturers are very bad at merchandising their product, they don't know how to what to tell, how to take pictures, how to describe their product, how to do all of these kind of things, right? And um, this is where we help them. Uh, we get their product, we merchandise them, we put them, we make product pages for them, we tell their story. So storytelling is also quite important for uh, the retailers or the brands over here because they want to use this as their marketing tool, right? They want to tell the story of the farmer and then sell the uh, sell the tea. So this is where we come in, in the middle. Uh, and hopefully this direct trade uh, happens. Now, we started out with just the small tea producers, but of course, 
our goal is ultimately ethical's goal is much bigger like we don't want to focus just on a niche tea market we want to be uh we want to be a b2b go-to direct sourcing platform for india uh as a whole for any category of products now we have stepped foot into coffee as well but also we are in talks with uh larger tea producers so we will be onboarding them uh quite soon uh as well so in that way we are slowly opening up the platform for other producers uh as well uh we want to get into spices maybe uh, because all of all of these industries have the same problems uh they are not able to access global markets uh and get better price there's a lot of middlemen in between which is extracting a lot of value so the farmers are poor in all of these industries of course the last one year it has been a big learning experience uh for us uh we also didn't know all of the problems that you that you that you that you face you know when when doing this because i had some experience but then every industry has some uh every category has some peculiarities uh and like so we are trying to tackle them one by one and hopefully we have a scalable uh, solution uh, at the end of the day i think you're bringing in so many elements from what would have been a d2c but into a, what has you know what has never really been done with a b2b on a b2b platform right it's been more transactional but you're trying to add this other layer of marketing is that working it depends i mean as i said it has been a learning experience uh, for us right so let's say a small cafe or a artisanal tea brand over here they care a lot uh, about sourcing directly uh, how sustainable the producers are uh, is it an ethical um, trade um, are they treating their workers properly they care a lot uh, the smaller brands then there will be some other brands who care just about uh, the pricing uh, right they want the cheapest product so that they can uh, sell so they these are like a little bit more of a traditional businesses uh, larger businesses let's say some typical problems we run into is uh, volume and quality consistency uh, for example right um uh a large tea plantations they make thousands of tons of tea uh every year um and you know they have a standard uh quality um the smaller producers they make quite high quality uh tea but then their taste profile the the feel the mouth feel etc they are sometimes not very very consistent because they are hand produced you know uh it is how it is supposed to be uh, apparently and this is something like um that where this is this is something where we have uh, to come in and try to find innovative uh, solutions so i do know like um in b2b this is 
whatever we are trying to do is quite new. As an open and transparent uh, platform, we are vetting each and every one of our suppliers. We are uh, let's say scoring them on how sustainable they are based on new and SDG 17 principles. We are telling them, okay, are they treating their workers properly? Are, are is there what are their scoring? How are they scoring in women equality? Uh, in providing uh decent work and uh, uh in like livable wages etc these kind of things because i know okay these are the issues that i have seen growing up right uh, tea garden workers are really taken advantage of uh, their there is zero regard for environmental degradation. A lot of uh, traditional tea plantations in both in Darjeeling and Assam is full of uh, chemicals and fertilizers and all of this. And this is standard things. So when these things are done differently uh, by someone, this is what we want to highlight, you know. And the price of the tea is very different from what you're making uh, and in a, in a in a in a mass-produced factory, let's say. And there's a reason for that. The quality is very high. It's naturally organic. Uh, you know, they are not using any chemicals or fertilizers. They are paying more wages to their uh, to the tea pickers, and they're making everything with hand. So this story has to be told to justify the price. And this is why uh, we do this. We have to find a scalable way of merchandising this product. Um, so and then. And then the goal is like, they are not able to do it themselves. Uh, they are not able to describe their tea. They are not able to take professional level photographs of their tea, make it attractive, uh, talk about why it is uh, expensive. They many of times language issues, you know, many of them speak English. There are all of these issues that that's why we, we bring it like this. It becomes a little bit like a D2C uh, kind of a storytelling uh and branding but uh it is it is quite novel i mean no b2b buyer is going to complain that hey you're giving me too much information or something <laughs> sometimes it is uh transactional yes uh for the b2b uh let's say sale at that time that is why we also want to open up the, the platform uh to a wider to this larger plantations as well right so if anyone wants to come and buy let's say cheaper tea uh they should be able to buy it if anyone wants to come and buy really high quality artisanal product they should be able to come and buy um and then we have special sections you know for specialty tea for uh for ctc and mass produced tea similar to coffee you know commercial coffee and specialty coffee and um Transparency is one of the core ethos of uh, of ethical. Like what we want to do is tell you exactly who produced it, and uh, tell you exactly that hey, your money is going directly uh, to the producers. You know, um, right. opaqueness in the in the supply chain is one of the reasons why consumers in Europe or across the world are paying so much money because, as I said, there are so many layers of middlemen. They are extracting a lot of value because nobody knows who the uh, prior person is in the in the in the value chain. Is organic something that you are uh, you know looking for? We started out with thinking that hey, 
we are only going to list organic, sustainable farmers, you know, uh, only going to talk about how they're naturally organic and like why the price is so high. As a, as a business buyer, you will do the research, but at the end of the day, um, you will not pay much more for non-certified organic if you cannot sell it also as an organic uh, product, you know. It might be the purest product available and some brands will care, but very, very few. But most of the brands, they're also doing a business, right? Yeah. And if you cannot sell it as an organic product, then they cannot justify uh, the price all the time. And so we do have an issue in there. And this is also something that we have to work together with the, with the producers. Testing, for example. Testing is a complicated thing, uh, it seems, uh, for the producers uh, as well, because testing is expensive. And um, uh, ideally, in the ideal scenario, Ethical is big enough to take all of these things, provide all of these services within the platform itself, right? Um, today, right now, we do not have these uh, capabilities, but ideally, the producers themselves, we have to educate them as well. You try to address the pain points of producers. You try to address what is a glaring problem that producers face uh, in finding a, you know, in accessing a market. At the same time, what what have you uh, taken on to do for buyers? Our goal is to run an open uh, marketplace, right? My experience working in companies like eBay and all is like on how to handle an open marketplace when there is a lack of trust between both of them and then you are a trusted intermediary and but you have to keep both the sides happy so for the buyers uh as i said like the most important thing that we found out was transparency buyers traditionally didn't know who produced their tea so for us the main thing that we understood was okay they wanted transparency in the supply chain they wanted to know exactly who is producing so they can develop relationships with the producers and probably you know uh give the producers directly their requirements that hey like for next year i want to i want to have this kind of a tea can you produce it this is very very interesting for the buyers uh on this side and then the second thing is um of course, uh, logistics and operations for a buyer, their main business is selling the tea, right? But they have to spend a lot of time. If they have to buy from this side uh, directly from the producers, they have to spend a lot of time in dealing with the hassles of global trades and things like logistics and shipping and customs clearance and paperwork and all of these kind of things. So what we decided, that's why I was like, okay, we will take on all of this, and all of the burden in-house of operations, running the logistics and shipping operations and regulatory clearances. So you can concentrate actually on tasting the tea and then selling the tea. And then the third thing is discovery. There was no platform before where they can come at one single place and look into many different producers or, you know, uh, get access to many different kinds of tea uh, all at once. What they had to do was do their research, one producer at a time, do dig deep into Google or wherever to find contact details, try to contact them and all of these kind of things. 
So now they have this thing, and then if they ever want to visit uh, Eastern India um, or, or any of the parts of India to visit a certain producers, this is something they can. Uh, they have full transparency uh, with us. You know, we vet the suppliers. Uh, if the suppliers are not meeting some basic requirements or basic uh, standards, we are not uh, onboarding them. So we want to have all of this transparency uh, on that yeah. side, right? We can, as we grow, as we uh, as we go into the next phase of growth, we have to uh, bring in things like testing reports, for example. We want to have transparency uh, on that. Um, we want to be the one that provides the trusted uh, intermediary so that both buyers and sellers can trust uh, each other. And, and is your market Germany alone or is it going to be rest of Europe? We are active worldwide. We have sent over tea to the US. We have sent over tea to Europe. We have sent over tea to the Middle East, to to Eastern Asia. So like things, places like Singapore, etc., Australia, and so that's why I said like what we want to do is open up the global markets for Indian producers and. Solving what I like is the scalability uh, of our solution. Listening to the kinds of stories that are coming from Assam in terms of the kinds of tea that are being uh, made, the whole artisanal wave, um, and also the fact that you know younger Assamese like you are coming back to sort of uh, uh, you know sort of returning to take on the mantle of uh, furthering the industry, and you're bringing back these. These changes, right, whether technology or whether quality and, you know, or or awareness of what is needed outside. Do you think there's that change that is uh, already set in motion in Assam? Do you see that happening? I mean, do you see more optimism if you if you are there? Yes. I mean, it was bound to happen. So letting me aside like um because i have been abroad and then uh i have expertise in a certain industry and then i try to apply the principles of those industry into into the tea industry um setting that aside there are a lot of youngsters in assam coming up with innovative solutions for the tea industry is also because there is Entrepreneurship is one of the key ways uh, they can they can move ahead uh, in life in a place like Assam. Assam is um, there's a there's a geographical lag in development from rest of India compared to the northeastern part of the country. Right, there's not too many jobs uh, in there. Most of the people, educated youths, they have to move out. Bangalore is full of uh, people from Assam. Uh, so is Delhi and Pune and Mumbai and these kind of places. Um, and if a youth wants to uh, stay in Assam, let's say, they have to think about innovative business uh, solutions or uh, or they have to come up with uh, businesses. This has two advantages. One is, of course, they're employing themselves. And second is it also creates employment in general for other uh, younger people uh, of Assam. And the government, of course, puts in a lot of, uh, now they're bringing in a lot of schemes and a, and a lot of uh, focus onto growing the startup uh, community uh, within SM. Um, for 
So that is why, like you, you will find a lot of uh, D2C brands uh, coming out of uh, of Assam because they have the access to the supply, and of course they have access to some amount of capital from from government subsidies and some amount of investors who will invest in the in the, in, the, in this novel idea. But just to point out that we don't want to be. We started out of Assam. It's because. I come from Assam, uh, but as you've seen with coffee or some of our producers from Darjeeling as well, we want to be pan-Indian. We want to help uh, and onboard producers from across uh, the country. It's just we have to, of course, reach that stage where we are able to do that, You know, where we are able to hire the right people in the right places, where we are able to uh, invest the money uh, and manpower into going and learning about the different, uh, let's say, tea industry in the different parts of the country, like Nilgiris or, uh, or Darjeeling and all of these places. Our goal is to make it a scalable platform. Our goal is to, to allow anyone who wants to access the global markets uh, through our platform and we uh, provide vetting services. You know, like, so we provide a, uh, all of these are like full transparency about, but at the end of the day, the goal still stands. We want to enable all of the producers in India to directly sell to buyers from across the world. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.